are you laughing? <laughs> she's just, she's laughing. <laughs> that fade out you just did was uh, was totally analog. Great, good job. Yeah, uh, Frank's actually here. Welcome, Frank. Hey, hola, Frank. Hola, amigos. In oh. Spanish. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> this is Frank has been Spanish this whole time. This is Shay in the H name in Italy again. I'm on the Ciao, bello. Hola. <laughs> Oh God! Shay, hey, welcome back. Hey, welcome to me again. Thanks for joining us for the the trifecta third this week. Third day in a row, you guys are calling me. Thank uh, you. Well, I mean, third podcast in a row. Around, but also, third day. From Thanks for coming back and recording three <laughs> different days this week. Because yeah, we definitely didn't do these all on Sunday. Not no, one it's day. TGIF. Thank TGIF. God, it's Friday. How does it feel to be five days in the future? Weird. Like I drove a DeLorean. Also a movie that defined my childhood. Oh, shit. Guys, it uh, sounds like the Wednesday special. Welcome to the Friday special. We've got another deep dish this week after uh, our Kanye West uh, special. So, uh, I mean, this is a, a pretty uh, uh, loaded uh, topic. I don't know why. Like what that? is wrong with you? I don't know. I just kind of got, I just got Put distracted. Put your words together. I, I, okay. Um, Shane, thank you for joining us. Hey. You're welcome. Shay, I already thanked you, but thank you again. Anytime. Thank you, Gabby, for being moral support from a distance, and Paul for being moral support from a further distance. Um, they'll be joining us again next week. Yeah. For now, let's talk some Frank Ocean. Uh, Novocaine, Novocaine, Novocaine. <laughs> I wasn't sure what song we were going to do. <laughs> you looked at me like, what? what am I supposed to sing right now? Let's play Frank little... Ocean dropped Channel Orange vinyl on Monday as part of his Cyber Monday. Let's... We're calling it now. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I mean, I can't remember, and we can't look this up right now. So. I'm listening to it right. It shipped in three days. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely didn't take six months like Not endless. Yeah, that was um, great. What was your first memory with Frank? Oh, we were at the beach. Whoa. <laughs> I was in Santa Monica. Uh, that's great. My first, I can remember mine, the, the way that I heard about Frank Ocean. Uh, there's a guy who I went to school with who was a amateur rapper who posted a video of like Novocaine being like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like this. And then uh, that was it. I started listening to Novocaine and then found Nostalgia Ultra. And then from that point on, it was kind of hooked. You know, I mean, we'll get into my my journey with Frank later. I'm sure we'll talk about it in depth because it's a little controversial uh, com- in comparison to you two. But uh, yeah, that's that why was my first. Why do you hate memory. him? No, why did you say that's so accusatory? <laughs> you said it was why do you hate him? Why was it around so fast? Why would it be? Why would it be controversial? Because I didn't love Blonde as much as you guys love Blonde. Uh, right we'll, off the gate, that gay. also is controversial for me too. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, so, my eyebrows won't stop moving right now. I'm excited, but I'm not. How did you yeah, find out? You yeah. uh, Tricky Stewart produced, uh, uh, yes. I want to say Swim Good or something like that. So Tricky Stewart and The Dream were very popular in the 2007 to 2009 like, like stretch of time. So they were producing a lot of records for other people. And then Tricky uh, had gotten behind Frank at one point. And then Frank started to you know create his own buzz after... Um, on future and then nostalgia ultra came out i listened to swim good and then it was just kind of history from there i to be honest with you frank for me like i was i was very excited for blonde don't get me wrong we were waiting on it for so long when it was still called boys don't cry Mm -hmm. blonde is where to me he kind of just got to the next level like i love channel orange 
but I didn't, he wasn't my favorite artist or he wasn't in that tier of favorite artists until Blonde came out about two years ago. And now it's elevated him to kind of the next level to the extent of, you know, he, I put him in the same category as the dream and Kanye West and a lot of my other favorite artists. Mm -hmm. Um, but that only happened. That's still relatively recent. I'd say within, it's within the last two years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what about you, Shay? Uh, well, I was in Chicago and I was with my cousins or close family friends at that time. And, uh, Nostalgia Ultra just dropped, so Novocaine was being played in the house, and I was like, this song is a fire track. Let me, uh, and I don't think Shazam existed back then, so I had to Google the lyrics, and, you know, it was a hard find, but I eventually got to it, and I, and I brought it back home, and I was just listening to it nonstop. And then I had other people asking me, like, oh, what is that? Who is that? And I'm like, that's this guy named Frank Ocean. Again, I had no attachment to him from Odd Feature or anything like that. It was just, this guy is wicked, and I love this mixtape that he's coming out with here. So... Let's did did No Church come out after Nostalgia Ultra? No Church in the Wild? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. Nostalgia was, Ultra, I think, was 2009. Yeah. Yeah. And then 2011 was... Something like that, yeah. yeah. No, I think I think Nostalgia Ultra was around 2010, 2011 as well. It was around the same no. time. Yeah, it was 2011. Yeah, yeah. Fe 2011. February 16th, 2011. And then, well, and then No Church in the Wild came out August of that same year. Yeah. August 8th. Well, I, I mean, Frank was obviously still a nobody at that time when he was when he was printing that was his tracks. Only but thing. to me, I was like, oh my God, it's that guy again. It's Frank, yeah. And it's Frank Ocean. He's remained, like, I'd say pretty elusive over the course of his career. Uh, not, I'd say, like, I think it's a pretty, like, that's one of his traits is that he's mm. just kind of this weird, like, he's, he he's just a opened, weird dude. He is a weird dude. He just opened up his Instagram for, like, public, like, <laughs> consumption, like, the last week. Uh, he's been posting some really weird stories. He's, he's, I mean, here's, here's who he is. I think he it's is. refreshing. I, I love him, though. Love him. He's he's strange and like a he's accessible for people. Like I get why people like like they love Frank Ocean. He's like a very geeky nerdy dude. Like yeah. he he loves Dragon Ball Z. He loves he's cars. He's got cars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a not not the animated movie, but the actual physical cars. Yeah, he, <laughs> he actually might, likes both. He might he might like cars. He's a uh, big Owen Wilson fan. He's a big assumption. Wow. I don't like cars. <laughs> he hates the movie Cars. He, hates the he film thinks cars. two is one of the worst movies ever made. It is though. It is. Um, when's the first time you cried to Frank Ocean? Uh, pyramids. You pyramids cried for pyramids? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. That's not true. Uh, I don't. I've never cried to Frank Ocean. I think White was one of the tracks with the. It was John Mayer that was on the guitar oh, for first that album. One. Yeah. Um, and that one really like. Yeah, that was really like. I I don't yeah I think he does evoke some pretty, like like I don't know I the first album had a lot of moments of like bad religion to me. Is. It's interesting. Like I like I listen to that song even still now, and I'm like, I, it's a perspective that I can't appreciate just like given my experience. But like, we're talking about it's basically a confessional song, but he feels like he's doing something wrong in the song, or he feels mm -hmm. like he has something to be apologetic for. Mm -hmm. The idea of like not being able to, you know, uh, not being able to be loved by somebody based on the fact that there's a barrier between the two of you, whether it be religion or whether it be somebody that's not attracted to a man because they're they don't feel that particular way or orientation or, yeah. or race like there's so many different layers to that and i think that that's where bad religion is one of the songs off the first album that really it's it's one of the shortest but it's one of the most powerful it's one of the most powerful i'd say it's yeah. probably the most powerful if i remember correctly after people had listened to channel orange there was no ambiguity really regarding his sexuality and then his letter came out and it was about, you know, how he had first been in love with, uh, with a man. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, there's, yeah. there was just so many emotions, I guess, that came with that. I think Frank is somebody that a lot of like young people that are still 
defining themselves and trying to to and when i say young people i don't mean to sound like an old fart but like <laughs> like people that are like 18 19 that are still in their formative years like they're young adults i i see why frank ocean would be somebody that resonates with them because i think he was figuring out a lot of stuff throughout his music in the same way that a lot of people that listening that are listening to him are right and i think that that's where evoking emotion comes from is it feels genuine it doesn't feel like he's fabricating in in the same way that a lot of all of other pop stars are making like this glossed over idea of like romance or sexuality and whatever it might be. He gets kind of like real, like he's vulnerable on his records. Yeah. He's vulnerable in his live performances. Shane, Shay and I had the pleasure of watching him last year when he visited the, like his fifth live show he's ever done. Like it's, yeah, he hasn't done very home, many, yeah. but we stayed like pretty much all day a to get merch and then B to see him prefer, uh, sorry to see him perform live. And it was one of the most intimate shows I've ever been to. It was, mm-hmm. Like, I still think about that show because I haven't been to a concert that felt that, like, tight-knit. Like, the people around you, the actual set itself, the way that Frank was kind of interacting with the crowd. Like, it just felt like you were in a room with him. It didn't feel really much like a concert. I think what was really interesting about that concert is it was probably the, in a sense, and I'm going to say this, and let me finish my thought before you jump in. It was the worst concert that I'd been to, but the best concert that I'd been to. Mm-hmm. And when I say it's the worst concert I've, I've been to, I mean, like, Frank was consistently forgetting the words. It was his first time performing a lot of the songs. They were really working out a lot of the kinks. I felt nervous, too. He was very nervous, he kept saying. But he was also a headliner. But with all that in that against him, it still felt like a great show. Like, I, I regret nothing about going to it to see him. I'm very happy that I went in and saw him and I thought it was amazing. And, and like Daniel said, I go back and I watch some of the videos that I took of their performance and it was fantastic. We ran into one of our friends there. Kadeem was there with his mm-hmm. girlfriend and it, it was like a community. Everybody who was around you was there to see Frank Ocean and it wasn't people who just had heard about this guy called Frank Ocean because it was a festival and they wanted to see him. It was people who were purpose built. They wanted to go see him. To see yeah. Frank Ocean. So <laughs> the vibe was was perfect. And I think it's so rare for an artist to command that attention with such little behind them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not there because of the character of Frank Ocean. Like in the same way, I go, like we go to Kanye West concerts. We've been to most of Kanye West's tour. You go for the whole thing. You go for the fact that Kanye is going to do some... He's going to rant for 25 minutes. It's a given. He's going to have some tremendous, like, he's going to have a floating stage. He's going to have a mountain that splits that Jesus walks out of. He's going to have, <laughs> like, he's going to have his platform rise in the same way that it did glow in the dark. Yeah. For Frank, you're there because you're like, I love his music. He's an, like, he just seems accessible throughout his music. I don't want any of the, like, I don't need to see fireworks and shit like that. No. I just want to hear his music live and I want to hear it, like, personally sung to a certain degree i don't want to hear it on on a record or i want to hear a different take it almost felt like a jam session like even the body language was he was just kind of floating around and walking back and forth with a small little group of people didn't use the main stage it was almost like a walkout stage that he used that was halfway through the crowd it was such a weird but it was cool very experience. weird but cool yeah yeah he's also like a very like to me he seems like a very small artist. Like he's not—he's a big name, but he's also not a big name. Like when I mentioned Frank Ocean to some people, they're like, "Who's that?" So when I when I hear that, I'm just kind of like, I want to keep supporting this guy because I love his music so much. Even though I'd say, when it comes to the smaller artists or indie artists, he's really actually technically a big artist. Yeah. He's a major, yeah. He's a major he's artist, huge. right? Yeah. yeah. He charts. Yeah. There's a lot of hype around Blonde and Channel Orange. I would be more concerned with people who don't know that who oh, Frank Ocean uh, is. It upsets me. I think. One of my, like, I have a, I have a lot of really good memories listening to Frank Ocean 
and stuff that it brings back for me. I remember driving in your car, Shay, from some of our many adventures to Hamilton and Burlington and Oakville oh and Mississauga and, and just listening to Swim Good and, and listening to all those other Frank songs and just thinking how, you know, listening every time I listen to that song, it takes me back to those days. Yeah. And also, you know, I got to thank Frank Ocean for introducing me to Bad, Bad, Not Good. Uh, who played live for him? I think it was at the Grammys. He did a he did perform live and Forrest Gump. Yeah, and it sucked, but I think that's also what pushed him back into not performing live. Was that just did not go over well? But from that, I I heard about Bad Bad Not Good, a Canadian jazz duo who was playing backup for him, and who I've fallen deeply, deeply in love with and have supported endlessly. Um, but, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I have a lot of those great memories with Frank and, you know, he's one of those artists in a small batch of artists that can bring those emotions and those memories up for me. And, and when I talked about my journey and I'd love to hear your, your, both of your, you know, opinions on Frank's projects and albums and where you would rank them. But when Blonded came out, like people count endless as a frank project because it is it's a frank it's a visual album that turned into an album into a re proper retail release to get him out of his contract to me that's definitely the weakest when i think about what frank's come out with and i i can't say i've listened to it more than twice but when blonded came out i did not you're talking about the radio or you're talking about the album blonde blonde, blonde sorry okay, when gotcha. blonde okay. came out sorry my beautiful dark twisted fantasy um when blonde came out it was tough for me to, to swallow because I wanted Channel Orange Frank. I wanted Nostalgia Ultra Frank, and you weren't really getting that in Blonded. It was a lot of weird sort of ideas coming together, which is truly is the essence of Frank as you learn about it and as you see him. And, you know, after we saw him in concert, he's one of those artists where he played a lot of the music from that album, and I went back and listened to it, and, and I love the album. I think it's great. I think it's... For me, it's definitely not top tier uh, of Frank Ocean's projects, but it's definitely up there, and, and I've grown to love and respect it. And I, I wouldn't say that he's made a miss except for Endless, which I think is rare in, in an artist who's produced four albums or three albums in a mixtape, I guess you could say, and has such a, a crucial following behind him, so critical of everything. And, you know, boys don't cry, but they cry when they listen to Frank Ocean, so... <laughs> It's it's really interesting to me, and, and I love that he's one of those artists who, no matter what he's talking about, whether how like how vulnerable he is or anything like that, it's it's it always comes out well, and it comes out to something that you can listen to and not feel ashamed of listening to, and you can play it loud in your car, and you could talk to people about listening to it and not have to make it a guilty pleasure, which I think is rare these days. Yeah. What about you? What's your takes on the the projects? Because I know you're a big blonde guy. I don't. I, I I think blonde might be one of my favorite albums ever. Now, like it's it's very quickly jumped up to me. So I, for me, it's his best album. Um, I think that that stems from the fact that we talked about um, on the Kanye podcast the idea of of when you have a story around an album as it's coming out, how that kind of lends itself to how much you enjoy the album. So we talked about Good Fridays. We talked about the lead up. We talked about the elusiveness of Black Friday. I'm sorry, uh, Good Fridays and, and Dark Twisted Fantasy. Black Friday. Uh, it came out like on the Monday after Black Friday. It came out on Cyber Monday. Um, but the idea that, you know, this had a very similar history. It was elusive. Nobody really knew where Frank was for a long time. 
we saw the teases on on his website. We saw him with the magazine stack of magazines with the I I got two versions, two the versions, library cards. the library card. So we, there was just so much that went into that, and nobody knew where he was. Nobody knew what the new album was going to sound like. We had heard bits, like I think I saw a live uh, a live um, show of him playing a really small venue where he played like the bare bones version of Ivy mm. two years before Blonde came out. And it just, I don't know, like, I think elusiveness builds up to an album. And that wasn't the case with Channel Orange. It just felt like Channel Orange was shelved and you really had a great idea behind it. Blonde or Blonde felt like it was constantly evolving. And the reason that we never got it is because I don't know if Frank was ever sure of what it was going to sound like. And, you know, obviously because of Endless and because of contractual obligations, there was a lot of content that came out that one weekend in August. Mm. He had an album and then surprise on Saturday, he had another one. Uh, but for me, I think going back to it, I listen to Blonde more than I listen to Channel Orange. I I think that some of his best work, both songwriting and production, are on Blonde. And I also think that for me, unless I don't consider one of his albums, because unless I'm watching it as a video, I don't, I don't. He <clears> doesn't <throat> sing a lot on it. Like he's not very present on it, which is why I, I mean, I'll say this now: I wouldn't have said it when it first came out if we didn't get Blonde. But I was really disappointed by Unless oh, yeah. to the extent of like I was like, this is what we waited five years for like you barely hear him every song is really short and then when you actually heard blonde you were like oh thank you yeah thank (laughs) you like i really appreciate that that we didn't kind of get there was no misdirection or anything like that so for me blonde channel orange nostalgia are his albums and then endless is almost like a little kind of bonus cut out there that was just to fulfill his contract to get away from death jam um if you guys haven't heard the story uh frank actually recorded endless using uh, the budget of of whatever Def Jam had given him for uh, Blonde or whatever his next album was going to be. And his way out of that was he released Endless, met his contractual fulfillment with Def Jam, and then released Blonde under his own Boys Don't Cry label, even though he had used the budget toward recording sessions for that album. He then eventually paid back Def Jam, but he, he kind of just finagled his way out of his contract and is now an independent artist or, or has the option of being an independent artist. So a lot of respect for him that way too, is he didn't put up with a label just shelving him and trying to basically kill his career to a certain extent. And he found a way out of it, which a lot of artists will just kind of, it's few, you know, they, they don't, there's a futility. And when you're on a label, you're okay being shelved because yeah. it's up to the label. I don't think Frank took that and he, found a very smart way out of it and he has a he has a huge following for it now right so right. that's kind of my take on it um for shay i mean I, I know that we've had many talks about whether bonded was the best album of 2016 <laughs> and um i've been very very vocal about it i don't think anything that year was really even close to it but right. um i also say that you know jokingly obviously everybody has their own preferences but for me it was the best album that year by far i don't think anything came even close to it yeah no um yeah if i if i'll touch on my I guess history with them and when when Blonde was coming out obviously yes I was glued to social media waiting for something to drop and um, I remember I was going on vacation at that time so I had about a 12 hour layover somewhere you were away when it I, came I out was, right I literally so I was going to Dubai but I had a layover in London so for 12 hours so I, I got into London and literally the second I connected to the Wi-Fi there everyone's messages are coming in your messages are coming in you're like dude Frank's dropped and like it's this chat that was going off and I'm like Oh my god! And I'm like literally like trying to like find <laughs> luggage. To find I'm it. in like Heathrow Airport, just like okay, okay. And then I'm going to it, and I'm like, it's a video, okay. Now on crappy Wi-Fi, trying to watch this video, listening to it, and I've had phones at the time. I'm like, okay, okay. You know what? I'll, I'll I can't even download it, so I can't listen to it on the plane ride there. But 
Let me give it a second. But what I'm listening to, what I remember Shane, your message very clearly said, it's very sad. Yeah. And I, when I just kind of skimmed through it, I'm like, oh my God, this is very sad. Like, this is not exactly not what I wanted as this five-year wait has come to a conclusion. And then the next day when I finally got to Dubai, and obviously time zones are all messed up, when Blonde dropped, I'm like, hey, I need to listen to this, but I'm on vacation right now. But whatever I listened to it, I was like, okay, this is good. This is not great for me. This is all right. This is whatever. I have other albums this year that I might give more attention to, like Malibu was out. I think Ology was out as well. So I was like, let me, let me give those albums the time they deserve. Now, Daniel here was on my case about it, saying, like, you need to give Blonde the appreciation it deserves. I'm like, yeah, man, it's a great album. It's good. But I don't know. I didn't like it that much. And then what I'd say in the last year, maybe probably the it? last year or so. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I just kind of like sat down, played it front to end to back. And I just said, this is phenomenal. Like this, this album is, I'm, I'm so wrong about it. Like it was so amazing. Like I literally cried during self-control white Ferrari comes on. And I mean, I always loved nights, especially when you hit that three thirty mark and you kind of go into it and it just changes. Like that album to me is it's perfection. Like it's, it, it to me is, is 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 him at his most vulnerable. Yeah, and you get this amazing experience that you're kind of taken on with Frank. Uh, but Shane, I I can also understand where you come from too. But I'm just glad that you at least have the respect for the album that it deserves. I think I think too. I mean, what you described there, we've the albums that resonate with me are always usually tied to some sort of like heightened emotional time. So whether you're angry, you're sad, you're happy, you're upset, like you associate music with those times, and I think. For me, Blonde itself is a really, really—it's it, a sad album in a lot of ways. You listen to songs mm. like Self Control and Ivy. There's a there's that futility that we talked about on like Bad Religion, but it's pretty much the theme throughout all of Blonde, right? But it's also very nostalgic in that it talks a lot about being kids, and he he modulates his voice a lot on the album, mm. and his intention was to sound younger on certain songs like Ivy, like Self Control. Um, I think it just evokes a lot of like what I might have been feeling at the time because I also think that that came at a time for me personally where I didn't feel maybe the confidence that I feel now in a lot of what I do but that also makes vulnerability like I I, I, I equate it to that album giving me almost a little bit of confidence coming out to that because there's an artist here's an artist that I admire a lot and they were able to make such beautiful art out of something that I was also feeling at the time and then I've gotten to a place now where obviously those things they don't feel the same way as they did then but Part of that also helped me get through that and realize that you can actually do really, really great things despite you not feeling great about whatever it is that you're not feeling great about. Mm. So that album to me holds a very, very special place emotionally. And that's why I think it's one of my favorite albums. I don't know if I would go back and, and feel the same way if it wasn't at a heightened emotional time. But I, I thought the best artwork that, you know, whether it be music or movies, a lot of that comes from how you feel at the time, right? You yeah. equate it with your experience or whatever you're going through at a particular time in your life. I remember, I, I think it was around that time of the year or just a little bit before that. I don't have to fact check it soon, but um, do you remember a movie that Southpaw that came out of that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of Southpaw, uh, I'm watching it and a Frank song comes on and it's nothing that I've heard, but I remember hearing, I think, I think maybe snippets of it on Tumblr. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what, what the hell's going on? So now I'm out of this film, and I'm like, what Frank song is this? So I'm going home, and it was uh, Wise Man. Okay. And it just, I was like, this is the biggest tease. Like, where, where's this album at? Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that song to me, I think is so good, and it, it hits so many emotional levels as well. Yeah. 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 I Shane. like it. like, <laughs> it's like, I like it. It's I good like album. Frank Ocean. <laughs> no, the, and I think the, the genius of Frank Ocean is he also is great on his features. 
He's mm-hmm. great on his features. I mean, you mentioned No Church in the Wild. He's not even really accredited on the song. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you exactly what he sings on the song because it's Frank Ocean. And Frank Ocean on Wolves is fantastic. And Frank oh, yeah. Ocean on Calvin Harris's song, you know, is, Slide, Slide, Slide. Is, is fantastic. And I do, I really, really enjoy Frank Ocean. And I regret ever saying that Blonde was a bad album. I do have that regret. That's one of the only regrets that Did I have. Did you say it was ever did you say like, it was not bad? bad, not straight out bad, but I just didn't like it. I thought it wasn't worth my time and I regret that. And, you know, it's, it's different because I felt the same way about 808s and heartbreak, but I mm. still don't have the same appreciation for 808s and heartbreak as I do for blonde. Right. Okay. So blonde sung through for me and like the one, my one kind of con- issues, my one issue with blonde is, and I get it. I get that it's creating a narrative and giving you insight into who Frank is. Cause he's such a mysterious mosaic of a person who's built upon all these different things and all these struggles and he's come out of odd future which was always a gang of people who are a mishmash of this culture and that culture and you know really like middle finger up i don't give a fuck whatever i'm gonna say what i want sort of mentality and he comes out of that and then he releases like the facebook song on there you know where it's the guy talking about how he didn't friend a girl on Facebook, so she broke up with him. And then he records the voicemail of like his mom talking about smoking drugs and <laughs> how you should only take medic. Like, those are funny little things. Skits, like, yeah. those are like little skits, which are great. But then it's like, what else could he have done in that time that would have made like, which is a weird thought for me because I'm also a fan of short albums now. Like, I've been converted to the short album mentality where it's like seven, eight songs fantastic but what more could frank have given me on blonde and maybe that's not the right question to ask maybe the the question is what more could i have expected out of blonde because i don't know if i would have expected anything else i think it was it is well buttoned together and well buttoned up but it was one of the concerns that i had so shade brought up a point earlier which i actually think is worth bringing up from uh there's a podcast out there if you guys haven't listened to it it's called dissect um it's cole kushner who does a whole bunch of um, well, I guess not a whole bunch of, but he's on his fourth album that he's really dissecting right now. He's done Tip of a Butterfly, My uh, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. He did Frank Ocean kind of as a collective artist in season three, and he's working on The Miseducation of Lauren Hill right now. Um, so he's great. If you haven't checked out the podcast, I highly recommend it. There's a really cool moment that I'm going to lift for a second. I apologize, Cole. But uh, he talks about how Nights is that transition is the exact halfway point of the album. Like it's literally to the second, that's the halfway point of the album. And I love that song already, but there's little details like that where, you know, you brought it up, Shane, like what more could he have brought to the album or or what else could you have expected out of it? Even as somebody that loves Blonde, it wasn't until I listened to Dissect that I found out that that was the case. And it gave, I had a jaw dropping moment where I was like, man, like. How did I, I not realize and, I, that? I had to check it. I had yeah, to make sure. I like fact-checked him even though yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have said that had it not been a fact. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't betray me like this. But yeah, like it's little details like that that just, you know, he, he is obviously he's very, very talented, but he's also very particular. Like I think everything that he's done so far on all of his albums, I would argue maybe Nostalgia Ultra is probably the rawest of all of them, but Channel Orange and, and Blonde are very intentional. Facebook Story is on that album for a reason. Yeah. Uh, Be Yourself is on that album for a reason. Right. The track list, the sequencing, they're all meant to, you know, they're all so well thought it's out. It's really his Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, it's his Dark Twisted Fantasy. And I think that that's, you know, one of the one of the, the, the most successful parts about Blonde is that it's also unapolo- it's un- it's unapologetically Frank Ocean. Like mm-hmm. he's not, 
He didn't put anybody else on that album that he thought should have been on there. He used, uh, you know, Three Stacks is on it to just have one of the most stellar verses of 2016. And that came from the fact that he delivered on the same level on Channel Orange on Pink Matter. So Mm. it just... I don't know. I don't, even though it's a label album, it feels like he just did it, and it was just he doesn't put anything on a record that he doesn't feel fits. Yeah. He's not he's not putting out a signal. He's not fe- featuring an artist because he thinks that's going to be the hit. He just puts out whatever he wants to put out, and and a lot of the time, I think again, you know, younger younger, like like young adults and stuff like that, it'll resonate a little bit more with them because I think there's a lot of emotional stuff in there that allow you to kind of grow from listening to to an album like Blonde. So. Shay, you've kind of changed your tune, I know, a little bit in terms of one of it being one of the best albums of twenty sixteen. I think it's one of the best albums of all time. So oh. if I can be if I can be totally honest with you. Cool. Yeah, it's it like I said, I told you the other day that I go back and I pick a song from that album that I can just put on repeat. Yeah. And right now it's White Ferrari for me. Like yeah. it, not saying that I love the track more, but it's just like this is the track I want to focus on and just have it on repeat for myself. And obviously like I know right after Blonde came out, we then got some singles here and there, but now it's just like I'm back on that whole I miss you Frank yeah come out of the track please it's funny because last year we talked about we're hitting almost the end of 2018 now and last year at <laughs> you the... checked your phone to make sure it's 2018 no no, no I was checking I, I mean don't worry about it uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he 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 mentioned at the end of or I guess toward the middle of last year that you know if if you love 2017 I can't wait for you to have 2018 or you'll love 2018. <laughs> yeah, there, Frank hasn't put out a song this year. Like he, he put out Moon barely River. moved this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he put out Moon River. He featured on an ASAP Rocky song yep. and then he opened up his Instagram account. So I mean, it's been you were around <laughs> this year, but like I don't know, I didn't love it. Not yet. Not Drop yet. something that you did on Christmas Monday, Day. like Channel Orange, Frank. And then yeah, Christmas Day. Christmas Day. <laughs> Christmas Day. Give us some. Give us the goods. Um, but Frankie, yeah, Frankie Claus. Frankie. Frankie Claus. <laughs> Teardrops in every single one of our chimneys. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, that's funny. Box of tissues is a you know. Well, I mean, multi-purpose. Yeah, multi-purpose. Anyways, uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, Frank obviously has a very uh, a special place amongst the people that are on this podcast. I think we're you know we we talk about him pretty frequently just here and there on the on the podcast. So won't be the last that you hear of us from Frank Ocean. If a Frank Ocean album comes out at any point, we will record an emergency mm-hmm. reaction podcast, no matter where we are in the world. I'll be there. Oh, <laughs> will you? Will you oh, be there? I'll live stream in. FaceTime me in there. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, I think it's pretty uh, unanimous that we all love Frank Ocean, except yeah. for Shane, who thinks he's terrible. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Frank Ocean is terrible. I definitely terrible. Frank Lake. I listened like to Nostalgia Ultra the other day. I love it. I think it's great. So I think... Channel Orange is great front to back, and you know I think Blonded is great front to back. So Blonde, can we con- blonde. not call it Blonded? Yeah, he's calling it Blonded. Oh, like, sorry, man, my beautiful so dark twisted fantasy. I'm so sorry. It's different to abbreviate than to add a D at the end of an no, album. No, it's that doesn't not have because a D. Frank Ocean's Instagram is Blonded. Frank Ocean's radio show is called Blonded. It kind of makes like also Frank Ocean is a radio station on GTA Five. Like, yeah, how crazy is that? Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, GTA Five has Blonded Radio on there. Oh. Yeah. Wow, weird. Not blonde radio, blonded radio. Yeah, blonded radio. Yeah, weird. Right? Yeah, blonded radio. Weird, weird. weird. Huh. Crazy. Interesting. I just think like out of all artists uh, to be He's actually GTA. in Red Dead as well. If you tune your horse to a certain <laughs> he's, frequency. He actually voiced Arthur Morgan. Yeah. Arthur Morgan. Arthur Ocean. <laughs> he's working at the tavern tonight. <laughs> Oh. Self-control, he's just shooting people like, you know, lost my Self-control ah, ah, ah. No, you gotta bleed, bleed, bleed <laughs> Until the summertime <laughs> Look out 
That's funny. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, all right. do us all a favor after this podcast is done and listen to some Frank Ocean. Yeah. Cry but before you do that, check us out on Instagram at the Slice TO and rate our podcast. I mean, why not? Is it way more better? Maybe. I think it is. You should also vote on the voting polls that will be up <laughs> on the Instagram page because I'm sure there'll be one on this day. It feels like Shane is just taking like bits of every podcast we've released so far yeah. and just mashing them together. <laughs> you become a collage of yourself. Uh, and remember what you're scared of on Halloween. And <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to spray and neuter your pets. It's uh, Christmas time because we're past the 25th. And uh, you know, I'd love to say that it's been a slice. Daniel? You're not going to let Shay plug his <laughs> thing? Yeah, Shay, please plug your thing and then let us oh, know. Yeah. Uh, I'm from This Time with Daniel Shabazz, so make sure to follow us on This Time With. And that's on all social media platforms. And that's not the pop duo, Dan and Shay. It that is, is not. Well, they're, they're a country, actually. Have you ever thought about taking uh, credit for everything that they've done? I've, I've honestly told them many times, and they've said, stop emailing me. Okay. Why are you emailing them? You should just claim their identities. I am them. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> I am Iron Man. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend. It's been it's a slice. It's been a slice. I said it. Uh, I hate you. Uh...